health naturally. And we are going to talk about the Mediterranean diet that's, uh, and how it might be of help in uh, managing type 2 diabetes, but we'll take your calls as well. Now, Julie has rung in from Womberall. Julie, your husband's got bursitis in his hip and you're looking at anti-inflammatories to help with that. Yes, he doesn't like needles. Okay. <laughs> I think many of us would share that uh, that viewpoint with you, Julie. But um, how long has he had his bursitis for? Um, he's had it on and off for the last six months, but it was diagnosed last week. Okay. And he's had no steroid injection? Nope. Okay. What anti- Needle? No. <laughs> Is he using any anti-inflammatory at all? As in? Uh, that his doctor's prescribed? No. Okay. Well, look, a couple of little things that may be of use to him. For the sake of listeners, we should just point out that bursitis is uh, a member of a group of uh, joint conditions characterised by inflammatory activity, and inflammation always brings with it uh, pain, uh, heat, redness, and general discomfort. Now, in the natural world, there are a number of substances that have benefit in managing inflammation to some degree and I'll go through a couple that I think might be useful for your husband to try. We have on the program today mentioned a product already entitled Stiff Sore and Sorry. Now that is a preparation that's used topically. Now when we use the word topically we mean that it's actually applied, it's rubbed around the area where pain and discomfort is. And Stiff Sore and Sorry, I know a lot about that product um, and I know the people that are behind it. It's a very, very good product based on arnica and and capsicum and it does work. Uh, So what I'm going to suggest is that that's one of the things that would be of use. And because you have rung in today, um, what we're going to do is make sure that uh, you are supplied with a gift from the program and that will be stiff, sore and sorry. So before you actually get off the telephone, uh, wait till our receptionist contacts you to get your name and telephone number and you will receive from the program uh, a, a gift of stiff, sore and sorry. That's the topical preparation. Thank you very much. Now, secondarily, what you should do, what you should do also um, is look at something that has a good level of curcumin in it. C-U-R-C-U-M-I-N, curcumin. Now, it is, yep. it is available from your pharmacy or good health food store, and if you go to purchase it, it's an oral medication. It's based on the herb turmeric. Uh, what's the difference? Curcumin is the major chemical that's extracted from turmeric, and that's the chemical that has some anti-inflammatory capacity and a good standard preparation. And when you talk to your health food store proprietor or your pharmacist, emphasize that you want a preparation that has a standardized level of curcumin in it. Those two things are two things that I would suggest uh, you try. Uh, the first one, of course, is a gift. The second one is not expensive. And I'm confident if you were to do those two things, some degree of benefit would be given to your dear husband. That is wonderful. Thank you very, very much. Okay. You don't realise how much you give me hope. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks Thank for your call, Julian. Stay on the line and we'll get Sally to uh, take your details. And uh, 49216216 is the number. 
for you to uh, ring if you'd like to get your question through to Dennis Stewart today. And Connie has done that as well. She's rung in from Abermain. Now, your husband's been uh, having treatment for throat cancer, Connie, and you're worried about his immune system. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Connie, uh, is uh, is your husband completely um, out of the treatment area now? He's um, finished all the treatment that would be offered to him medically? Well, he finishes on Tuesday. Yes. So uh, after today, there's two more treatments. Okay. Now, can your husband swallow well? He's not, no, not very well at all. As a matter of fact, this week has been his worst week. Um, yes. And he uh, vomited this morning yes. and he hasn't eaten since... Uh, I do give him the sustagen and the milk. So he can uh, he can uh, he can drink. Uh, yes, he can drink. Like that. Yes. Okay, but he's yes. not very good at swallowing solid foods at this oh, stage. Oh no! Okay. Uh, he will have a go at, at poached eggs. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, just all soft things. But today is not a good day at all. Okay. I'm afraid. Now, anything that he does should be run past his uh, GP and perhaps even his oncologist. But there's yes. a couple of little things that are fascinating here. Many, many years ago, The Lancet, which is the British Medical Journal, ran a, a, an interesting case uh, associating a useful treatment that a, that a patient experienced using violet leaves for throat cancer. Now, we're not saying it's a cure. All I'm saying is that there's an article in The Lancet that was written oh, probably 100 years ago where a person with throat cancer used violet leaves as a means of helping the condition. Maybe that was to soothe it. Maybe it was to do more than that. But I do know that one of my students from, from Newcastle years ago um, used the, the same violet leaves in his own throat condition and was medically shown to be free of any suspicion. Now, I don't want listeners to interpret that as saying, oh, Dennis is saying that violet leaves can be used to treat cancer. That would be wrong. What I'm saying is that violet leaves has a reputation as an agent that might be useful in even just soothing the area uh, and maybe a little bit more. But in order to do that, you would have to probably make what's called an infusion of it. That would be to make what's called a herbal tea of violet leaves. And that could be uh, gargled or could be sipped. Okay. Right? Now, again, anything you do, you need to run past your GP, and I think I know who your GP would be up there, or the oncologist. They may know nothing about it, but violet leaves is a very, very safe, soothing and sweet remedy. And in a, hun in a, in a honey base, uh, it might be a very useful way, perhaps, of uh, helping that area even heal. And lessen, okay. and lessen some of the inflammation that's there. So okay. if I was in that situation, that's the sort of thing that I would be doing. Interestingly also, uh, some recent information in one of the uh, beekeeping journals that I, that I read, and I read many, indicates that Manuka honey is now being used in some British hospitals as an agent to address the after-effects of, wow. thro of throat procedures. Now, again, Manuka honey is readily obtained. Make sure if you get it, you get one with a high grading. And that, of course, could be sipped. It could be uh, taken as an infusion. It could even be taken, say, in conjunction with, with the violet leaves uh, herbal tea that I would be suggesting you consider. 
So wow. there are two things, and if you are you good on the computer, you would probably be able to Google up that information which would confirm what I have said. As far as a general way of improving his resistance, etc., I'm obviously a great fan of using what are called herbal immune support agents, and there is a preparation, again in liquid form, although it can come in tablet form, but the liquid form would probably be better, and it's known as Astragalus 8. Now, if you're at Abermaid, I'm sure that if you went to your little pharmacy there, um, and I know that little pharmacy, they would probably have the product on their shelf. If, 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 if not, they would be able to get it. It is a Blackmore's product, and I, I had a lot to do, in fact, in bringing it into Australia more than 25 years ago. In fact, at one stage, it was my product, but um, it's an excellent product, and um, I know many people that use it confidently, as a means of just giving them that edge. Um, so there's a couple of things you might think about. And Marie has rung that number from Mayfield. And a question about curcumin, which Dennis mentioned earlier, Marie. Yes, both. My GP yes. put me on curcumin. Yes. And in three months, I've gone off all medication for pain. That's good, isn't it? It's incredible because I was... On endone. Yes. Dear, and you were on, you were on endone. Yes. And, and you're free of endone as a result I'm of... I'm free your, of everything. Of G- Panadol, oh, everything. Ha, 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 that's, that's, that's a good result, isn't it? And, and full credit to your GP. Full credit oh. to your GP because you're, you're not going to believe this, Marie, when I say that I still have patients that will come and see me and when I mention curcumin to them, they will make a comment like, oh, my GP says there's nothing in that, that, that it's not proven and it's not scientific. That disappoints yep. me. But the other side about it is, fortunately, there are more GPs acknowledging that there is something in complementary medicine, that there is something in what I say, yep. and that curcumin uh, is indisputably something... Well, you've demonstrated if you can get off endone, which is... Yep. Well, listeners might not, not know what we're talking about, that that is a really powerful... Uh, agent for relieving pain if yes. you can get off endone under the direction of your GP and he's monitoring you and prescribing you, your curcumin, that is an incredible testimony and that, well, is, that I, has made I my day <laughs> Yes, well I can't believe yeah. how free of pain, I have arthritis throughout my system Yeah, isn't that great? Isn't Even that great? in my toes Isn't that great? It's incredible. Well, I'm so pleased for you, Marie. I'm so pleased for Thank you. Thank you. And I'm so, I... I'm so pleased that your doctor is using sensible uh, complementary medicine. He must be reading well and must yes. be right up there. Yes. Isn't yes. that great? That, that, that's beautiful. made my day. You know, Good. years ago when I started lecturing, and I'm virtually at the end of my career now, but 40 <laughs> years ago when I started lecturing, I said there would, would be a day when what I was teaching and saying would be embraced by the mainstream. And your yes. conversation this morning confirms the fact that my prophecy 40 years ago is probably now coming true. <laughs> yes, well, um, quite a few people have said, and I've also suggested they go on it with their doctor's permission. Yes. Because it's, I've even dropped my blood pressure tablet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that doesn't Gosh, Marie, that's uh, fantastic, isn't, isn't it? Good? Result, well, what yes. a great GP, too. What yeah. a great GP. 
You're pleased, aren't you? That I these am. things which are available. I am, and look, I'm all, a lot of people think that because I'm involved in complementary medicine or what some call alternative medicine, I don't call it that, that I've got some sort of vendetta against the medical profession. That's nonsense. I've been a great supporter of the medical profession, and I've taught many of them over the years this system of medicine, and it's great. It's really made my day to hear that comment, and I commend GPs in this town that are starting to look at some of the alternatives if you call them that, or complementary medicines, to see how they can augment their patients' health. That's great. Hello. Who have we got here? Hello. 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 Yes. Yes, can you tell me your name, please? Margaret. Margaret. Okay. Now, what would you like to ask Dennis about? Uh, Dennis, my mum has uh, quite bad osteoarthritis. Yes. Uh, she takes glucosamine and chondroitin. Yes. I was just wondering if the curcumin would be a better option. Okay. I'll explain it to you in this way. Um, osteoarthritis is, well, I would refer to it as a wear and tear degrees uh, deg um, condition. Um, whilst it is painful, it's not always characterised with the same degree as pain of painful inflammation that rheumatoid arthritis is. But having said that, um, your mother is doing the right thing by using glucosamine and chondroitin, albeit what I will be uh, suggesting is, or what I would be happy to do, is send you free of charge a container of my Glucosaplex. I have a product called Glucosaplex, which okay. incorporates glucosamine and chondroitin, but also has a number of other agents in it, which I believe puts it right up there as one of the top products for addressing osteoarthritis. So before you go off the program, um, make sure you give your name and address to the uh, receptionist so that we can send you free wow. of charge a container of my Glucosaplex to see how your mum goes on that. But secondarily, in response to your question, yes, I think it would be valuable for mum to add to her management some curcumin because curcumin is more to do with the symptom of inflammation rather than the degenerative process associated with osteoarthritis. Put the two together, and curcumin products aren't that expensive, by the way. Put, right. the, put those two together... And I think you've got a nice little combination that would give mum an additional edge. You try that. All right, that'd be great. I appreciate your offer. Thank you very much you, for your help. You make sure you give them your name and address. Yes, I will do. Okay. Stay on the line there, Margaret. And uh, on 2 and RFM, this is Health Naturally. And we're taking your calls, 49216216. We've just lost Peter for the moment, but I hope you'll ring back, Peter, in just a moment. Uh, well, this might be a good time, Dennis, to mention the Mediterranean diet yet again. Um, yet again. I say that because you have spoken about it <laughs> we previously. We have indeed. We have indeed. But would you just refresh our okay, memories on okay. what the Mediterranean well, diet is? The Mediterranean diet is a diet that's predominantly eaten by countries or eaten by people in countries that are on the fringe of the Mediterranean, countries such as Italy, Spain, Portugal and they have a particular diet which differs from the Anglo-Celtic diet. Their diet is structured essentially round, an emphasis on fish, an emphasis on what we might call legumes, things like a lot of various beans, um, a lot of um, emphasis on lean meat, but not a lot of red meat, a very, very small emphasis on meat, an incredible amount of emphasis on fish, particularly fish like sardine and and salmon, the oily fish, a lot of emphasis also on certain uh, fruits and vegetables. For instance, 
tomatoes, an eggplant, and various uh, peppers. These are the sorts of uh, foods that predominate in that culture. There is a great deficiency. By that I mean there is not much sugar or refined carbohydrate in the Mediterranean diet, whereas in the Anglo diet, unfortunately, I would argue that it over the years has developed into predominantly a carbohydrate emphasis diet with too much sugar in it and has become deficient in those characteristic foods that characterise the Mediterranean diet, fish, fresh fruit and vegetables, no sugar, or when we say no sugar, virtually no sugar, an emphasis on red wine rather than beer. Now, it's starting to sound interesting. It is indeed. It is indeed, and (laughs) people can understand why I live in the Hunter Valley. But, look, there's a lot more about the Mediterranean diet than that. But, interestingly, when people go onto the Mediterranean diet, many of them will notice a number of things happen. One of the things that will tend to happen is they'll begin to lose weight progressively. And that can have a big bearing on type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetic conditions. Uh, Type 2 diabetes, which is of an epidemic proportion, and pre-diabetic conditions tend to uh, have weight and obesity behind them. Not always. The Mediterranean diet and its emphasis will tend to assist in weight loss. And that in itself is a huge factor in lessening the drift towards medication. So there is definitely a a correlation. The other thing about the Mediterranean diet, which you and I discussed briefly before we came in, is that the Mediterranean diet is something that emphasises lunch and de-emphasises breakfast. Now, I'm not going to be too provocative when I say this. I promised I wouldn't. But, But one of the books that's recently been written, again, by a medical professional, who went on to study clinical biochemistry in England to do his PhD, a book by Dr. Torrance Keeley, K-E-A-L-E-Y. I'll put it up so the camera might get it. That book entitled Breakfast is a Dangerous Meal is an eye-opener. And what it tends to do, or what my interpretation of that book, would see it as supporting the Mediterranean habit or tradition of not having a big breakfast, virtually starting the day with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, more likely to be coffee, maybe even red wine, but at lunchtime making sure you have a decent lunch, a milder dinner at night, that in conjunction with the intention of doing something for type 2 makes the Mediterranean diet so useful as a tool that costs people nothing, just a change in their eating habits. Get off the carbs, not that you can entirely, de-emphasise them. Don't have a carbohydrate breakfast, that's my opinion. Uh, see sugar as potentially a poison, I say that tongue-in-cheek, see it as potentially a poison, start and move in the direction. More fish, more beans, more fresh fruit and vegetables, more eggplants, more peppers, more tomatoes, red wine, instead of a six-pack. <laughs> the Mediterranean <laughs> diet. Well, um, uh, you mentioned there the camera can see it, and, of course, Dennis, there is 
going to be a video of this program. Oh, is there really? There is of your programs that will be available on YouTube, um, as well as the podcast uh, on our website too, nurfm.com, and there will be a link to this video as well through there, through the program Health Naturally. And we're speaking about food being of great Mm. help, and David has rung in from Western on 49216216, and it's all about raw ginger with you, David. Yes. yes. Hello, David. Good afternoon, Dennis. Um, just firstly, a quick comment on your last call when you said don't eat breakfast. I always thought the adage was breakfast like a king, lunch like yeah. a prince, and <laughs> eat like a I, pauper. I knew I'd provoke a bit of interest in that. Look, um, you'd, you'd have to really read this book, Breakfast is a Dangerous Meal, written by T- Terence Keeley, who, by the way, not only being a qualified GP, went on and did his PhD in England in clinical biochemistry um, and himself is a confessed type 2 diabetic sufferer who manages his condition by taking on board uh, what he's written in this provocative work. And the reason I've mentioned it today is that it is provocative, but as I said to, to Jane in, earlier in the, in, the, in the day, I can't put the book down. <laughs> I'm using it myself because I, I, type, I am type 2, managing it with diet and lifestyle. This has dramatically affected my thinking and confirmed a lot of my observations. He contradicts what you have said, the adage that you have a big breakfast and etc., etc. That is seemingly is not the wisest thing in the world for the type 2, and he gives an explanation as to why it is. Now, if you're under medical treatment, you'd be governed by what your doctor says. All I'm saying is this is a very interesting work, uh, and uh, I'm using the technique and have done, and I've already noticed the benefit. Breakfast is a dangerous meal, but anything you do, even if you're pre-diabetic or type 2 diabetic, you must, of course, be guided by your GP and be monitored by him, but I can't put the book down. It's altered my thinking. Okay, well, my question yes. was, um, yeah. uh, does raw ginger hold any uh, benefits? Uh, look, I think, I think it does. I think, to be fair, um, raw ginger is likely to be more flavoursome than other forms of ginger. You can uh, get ginger in, in powdered form, uh, and that's useful, don't, don't get me wrong. It becomes the basis of encapsulated preparations. But raw ginger is used in, 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 uh, in cooking, in, in preparing meals, and it brings with it, if you like, that pungent, original fresh, freshness, which can be sometimes lost when you dehydrate the raw ginger, or in other words, dry it out as preparatory to convert it to a powder. So if you've got access to raw ginger, my view is see it as preferred way of taking it, and if you can take it even as part of your diet regularly rather than just as an occasional spice to cook your food with, do that because I could talk all day about the virtues of ginger, particularly at this time of the year, when in my literature and my studies, ginger is an ideal herb at this time of the year to be taken by people that can't handle stronger pungent herbs such as chilli. Ginger is a useful alternative and it has a peculiar affinity for the lung so that in Asian medication or Asian traditional medicine, ginger is seen as a useful agent to bring into food, particularly in the uh, cooler times of the year, because it seems to build up healthier lung function. It lessens the viscosity of, of, uh, of mucus. 
and leads to a, a better decongesting procedure. It warms the lung, to use traditional Chinese language. So if you can use the raw stuff, in my opinion, it's the better way to go. And this time of the year, it's uh, come back to the point, it's a very useful agent, a spice of food to use regularly on a daily basis. Okay, thank you. Well, I'll have to chase that book up. I'm also type 2 diabetic. Yeah, well, look, it's worthwhile reading. As I say, um, as, a, as a type 2 person myself, I'm interested in what I can do to maintain my managed condition uh, to keep my sugar or my blood sugar levels stable and to maintain uh, what's called the HbA1c to make sure that that is below 7 and ideally more towards 6. Your doctor would take your HbA1c probably every six months and that is a good arbiter of how your management of your type 2 is going. And if you haven't discussed that with your GP, in, indicate you're interested in it. Uh, mention this book, are you interested in that? But my advice to all type 2 people is, is to do what I do, get a glucometer, uh, take your, your readings of the morning, start to log them. And um, if you do any dietary experiment, like cutting down on certain foods, um, looking at the amount of carbs you're eating and you shouldn't eat, you'll be able to see the improvement and your doctor will be able to pick up on it uh, through his HbA1c assessment of you, become interested in the condition. And this text by Terence Keeley, Breakfast is a Dangerous Meal, is not just looking at the problem that breakfast may have, may have for type 2, but it's very informative about uh, parameters, about readings, about expected goals, of hints here and there as to what a type 2 could do to help manage their condition. And my work for 40 years has been to try to get over to people that despite having good medical practitioners and being well monitored, at the end of the day, we have to become involved in our own health, our own health maintenance, and indeed at times even participating in our own health care. Be interested to see what you think about it, David. And keep up the mm. uh, ginger eating. It absolutely. sounds you're absolutely. doing exactly yeah, the right absolutely. thing. Yeah. Really important question about the Mediterranean diet is coming in now from Ronald, who's rung in from East Maitland. Hello, Ronald. Hello. Is that Dennis, is it there? Yes, Ron. How are you? Good, thank you, Dennis. Good, good. Uh, Dennis, you continually, continually uh, throw importance on red wine. Yes, yes. Uh, my question is, is that only certain types of red wine, or does that mean like... Tawny ports and all other red wines, or what, is it a certain wine? What we're, what we're tending to emphasise here um, are not the uh, fortified wines. We're tending to emphasise here uh, wines like the Shiraz, uh, the Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, the Merlots, those wines that are taken with meals. And in, obviously in the Hutter Valley, we make uh, probably some of the best Shiraz in the world. Uh, and I prefer a Shiraz. My wife drinks Merlot. But it doesn't matter which brand they are, but the red wines that I'm talking about, generally speaking, are rich in what's called resveratrol. Now, that is a particular uh, substance known as a polyphenol. Resveratrol is considered to be the agent in red wine which has a significant health impact. There's been some studies done which tend to indicate that the regular healthy use of red wines, such as those that I've mentioned, 
not the fortified wines, the red wines that I've mentioned, the Shiraz, the Cabernets, the Cabernet Sauvignons, the Merlots, there's good evidence to suggest that the regular use of those, particularly as appended to our meals, um, has the effect of uh, helping the health of the cardiovascular system and, interestingly, perhaps also lessening some bowel pathologies. A lot of interesting work suggesting that resveratrol may have an impact on some pathologies that affect the bowel. As well as that, um, it is one of those uh, wines also that is related to the Mediterranean diet, uh, where it's taken almost from um, morning till night, so to speak, and I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, and it's considered to be an important component because people that are traditional uh, eaters of the Mediterranean diet, that is, those in those countries that still live largely on that food, have a significantly longer and healthier life than what we Anglos do. So it's been put forward that that the red wine is a significant uh, companion. It's not just uh, an adage. It is a significant component of the Mediterranean diet. And I've always proclaimed that a sensible introduction of those forms of red wine, of course, preferably Hunter Valley red wines, um, those red wines brought into our diets, taken on a daily basis, are likely to have effects beneficially on our cardiovascular system, on the, the health of our bowel, and other areas, and maybe even longevity. So that would be my quick response to your question, Ron. I hope and it's helped you. It is definitely mm. a complex question. Yeah. And while we're on the subject of the book, um, Paula's rung in from Argentine. She'd like to know where you get it, Dennis. Okay. Paula, uh, interestingly, this is a, a book that um, I understand has only recently been published, and I saw the review of the book in a diabetic magazine that I um, uh, get sent to me, and I requested my lovely um, faithful receptionist, Karen, in my practice, who's been with me for nearly 30 years, and she's very good at hunting down some of the literature that I throw at her, and okay. she, she got this, I suspect, uh, from Amazon or a bookstore. Okay. What I suggest is, if you like, ring Karen. I'll give you a number here. Yep. 49562321. 49562321. And that goes to any listener who might like information following on from the program or might like to know where they can get hold of this. But I'm sure Karen can elucidate you more as to the exact place that she got it from. But she got it from she got it for me rather rapidly. And as I have said, I, I literally uh, can't put it down. I literally can't put it down. Okay. Um, that's at Lambton, isn't it? Yes, at, yep, at yep. New Lambton, opposite, okay. the, uh, opposite the public school. Yeah, I just might call in. Yeah, well, there uh, you go. Okay. Okay, then. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for ringing, Paula. And our last call for today, June's rung in for, from Cessnock about curcumin. Your comment or question, June? Uh, yes, I have a daughter yes. who has three back operations yes. and virtually none of them now have been successful. Oh, dear, dear. She lives in pain. They've told her there's dear, nothing dear. more they can do from her. Dear, All dear. she's got to look forward to is a dear. wheelchair. Oh, dear. And she virtually lives on pain tablets. She takes Endone, Panadine for it, plus another couple. Mm. And I heard you talking about this, and the lady rang yeah. in and said about how good it is for the yes. pain. Yes, yes. Um, and, uh, well, yeah, the receptionist, Morris, I wanted to know how you spelled it, so as I could try oh, and okay. get some at the chemist. Okay. Look, you're, you're, you're incest, not? 
Yeah. What I suggest you do is go to Sally Bowen's rooms mm-hmm. up near Goldman's. You know where Goldman's is there in, in yes. Cessnock? Well, Sally's rooms are just a street up from that, in the same street, essentially. Now, Sally stocks all of the things that I refer to on this program. And as Cessnock people probably know, I do a session there every second Tuesday of the month. Sally, okay. Sally would stock the curcumin that I prescribe. That, mm-hmm. is, that is not to say that our good pharmacists or health food stores in Cessnock don't stock it also, but for convenience and ease for you, um, if you were to go to Sally uh, at Bowen's uh, Natural Therapy Centre, uh, you'd be able to get the one that, that I prescribe. Thanks for your call, June. That was a, a great a program of great interest. And just to finish off in our last minute, mm. Dennis, is there any one food that you think is worth mentioning? I, I must mention this. I consider the food known as bitter melon, botanically known as mamordica, to be probably one of the most important foods that a type 2 diabetic can use. Now, unfortunately, it's bitter. And unfortunately, most Australians wouldn't know it, although it's in our supermarkets, on our um, fruit and and vegetable shelves. Uh, A patient of mine, lovely patient of mine, brought in three beautiful bitter melons for me the other day, and I didn't have a chance to properly thank her. Thank you. Bitter melon comes in powder form. And for those that don't like the vegetable or know how to cook it, you can get it in powder form, and you can get it from my rooms at 39 Alma Road, Dennis Stewart's bitter melon powder, a must in my opinion for anyone that's pre-diabetic or fighting type 2. Fantastic. Mm. That's Health Naturally Mm. for today. Thank you, Dennis Stewart. It's a good program, Jane. Thank you. And we'll be back after Easter on 2NURFM for Health Naturally. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.